All right, welcome back. It's Aaron Jones here, Director of Critical Alpha. And what we're going to do today is something a little bit different. We're going to talk about uh, some sort of popular topics with NRL. So this is not a NRL podcast. If you're listening from overseas, NRL is a, a form of rugby. So it's the National Rugby League in Australia. And what we're going to be talking about is a dude who's had a lot of scrutiny on him lately. His name is Kalen Ponga. He's a highly paid player out of the Newcastle Knights, which is on the east coast of Australia. And this year for the Knights, uh, you know, their, their results have been up and down. But at the at the end of the day, they, they're not getting good results they're, you know, with their player lineup. So they should be getting better results than what they you know, have been. And really, the spotlight has lately been on Kalen Ponga, who is their newly appointed club captain. And really, I guess he's the he's the most uh, he's he's highly reported as one of the most talented players and highly paid players. So, what the Knights have done is actually give this guy a leadership position in the team. He's I, I don't actually know how old he is, but He's quite young. He's in his 20s, from what I understand. You know, he doesn't have a lot of life experience, from what I understand. Um, and, and he's not, not a senior player, you know, so he's been thrusted into this leadership position. And and this podcast is not to discredit the Knights. It's not to discredit the NRL or or the player, Kalen. Um, but at the end of the day, I want to analyze a few things that have been said, have a look at, you know, what the real issues probably are and then propose some sort of solution there at the end. So uh, a, a famous guy, well-known guy, Braitha Nasta has come out and said that the new CEO needs to set the example from day one. That's, that's great. And I, I completely agree with that. However, I think it's not a day one thing. It's about looking at every day with a day one mentality and getting it right every single day, not just coming out day one, doing this, you know, setting an, an example from day one. That's all good, but you've got to do it every day. It's not about coming in and saying, all right, day one, we're going to do this from this. This is set forget sort of mentality. No, it's every day doing the right things. It's just process. And then Kenty has come out and said that, you know, um, he was paid on potential rather than what he's delivering. And that's, that's, you know, I agree with that too. There was discussion around the club player talent pool coming through the junior system and how inadequate that is. And some of the, the, the issues there, there's a, there's a bigger problem at the club and it all starts with leadership. So, you know, it transfers through to the culture. So, on location, location alone for Newcastle, it's two hours north of Sydney. So when you think about Newcastle, you know, and when I lived there, I barely, I really barely saw any of the players actually out and about. You know, I suspect a lot of the players don't even really live there for a start. It's it's probably like a fly and fly out type job for most of them. Really, um, you know, they probably go in there, get paid, and play the game and. But that's just my opinion. I have seen players, you know, at the local pub at the Prince Hotel, but really I don't, you know, didn't see the whole team there or anything like that. 
Uh, certainly in the past, I didn't see a lot of NRL players getting out, you know, doing the walk along the beaches or anything like that. But, you know, I could just be out at the wrong time, wrong place. So <clears throat> when we talk about the NRL in general, there's a there's a broad sense that, you know, people like Kalen Ponga are like a protected species. You know, they're, they're the highest paid athletes. You know, they're getting paid over a million dollars a year. And there's a sense from from an audience point of view that these players they get a lighter hand you know when it comes down to discipline and things like that so i mean this contributes to part of that problem if you know you're worth more or the most at the club you probably you probably will go around with the attitude that you know you're not going to get punished too badly so that you know i think that contributes to the wider issue um all of this really circles back to leadership and support systems so if we look at the incident recently from Kalen Ponga, he was caught in a toilet cubicle with a friend, uh, from uh, with a teammate. I mean, look at it however you will. Who knows what happens, really? There, there's nothing, no evidence. So I don't know why they didn't just move on and just call a spade a spade. I mean, no one knows what happened. Who cares? I mean, really, he was in a toilet cubicle. He's drug tested the next day. Let's move on. But it seems to be blown up into this issue and like really Kalen Ponga's being looked at as some sort of potential scapegoat for the team and why they're losing. So, but in my opinion, I think all of this circles back to leadership and support systems. You can't just put a player like Kalen Ponga into a leadership position without some sort of support system and then, oh, it's not working for the wider team. Let's just blame him or whatever. You know, that's just fucking stupid. So... You can't simply place a player like Ponga into a leadership position purely based on technical skills and talent. You know, these these technical skills on a field don't translate into leadership abilities. Just because you're the highest paid person at a club based on talent, you cannot just assume leadership. We, we see this happen in so many other industries where people place, you know, the best engineer into a leadership position. That just makes no sense. It's just because they're the best engineer, they're the best technical person on the team, doesn't make them the best person to lead the team, no. So what support system is in place to build a leadership, build leadership in the team? Who is mentoring and supporting Kalen Ponga so that he knows how to lead the team and steer them in the right direction that the upper echelons of leadership want the team to go? Is there a player-coach relationship? I mean, is that is that the case? Does Ponga have access to consulting mentors in the game so that he can get that extra advice and support? These are sort of the questions I want to know. At the at the stage from the outside looking in, we can see that the NRL and wider audiences are looking for some form of scapegoat. You know, if you truly want to throw someone at the bus. I just don't think that they're looking at the right things. You know, this is all surface level stuff. It's like, oh yeah, Kalen Ponga, junior leader, let's blame him. Oh, he was out at, you know, of course it's not a good look that the the leader of the team is out drinking or at at a pub, you know, uh, and getting caught at the pub whilst his team is playing. That's not a good look, obviously. But, you know, maybe he doesn't have that support system. I don't know. So I think, honestly, it's a team issue, it's a leadership issue, it's a culture issue. So all of this transfers to the individual eventually. But if we take the approach where we're pointing the finger at individuals rather than the organization, we're contributing 
to that punitive culture of the wider NRL where we don't actually address the systemic issues which are happening. And we see this in teams on the downslope every year. It's like, oh, this team is not performing. Oh, let's sack the coach or the coach stands down. It's like, you know, maybe it's just the the wider NRL uh, culture where we're just expecting results out of no, out of thin air where, without the support systems in place, you know. If we were truly to support leaders who are thrust into leadership position like the Knights, do they have people like Ponga and what support systems are in place and, and recognise that people's talents and abilities based on past performances even are reliant, they're reliant on the wider team to perform and lift each other too. So being in the leadership position may actually take away from that, from, from someone who is such a pivotal person in the team as a technical member like Ponga. So since his position seems to be so pivotal, pivotal to the wider success of the team, he's really just a cog in the wider machine. So we need we need leaders to emerge from any team to lift the the whole team up. But we can't have the tail wagging the dog here. We need leadership to be developed, to be nurtured, to be supported, and for all leaders in the organization to be speaking the same messages. So. You know, my suspicion is that Ponga hasn't had the support system with the Knights. He doesn't seem to have someone in his corner helping him understand as a leader, in addition to his position as a player, what he needs to do to steer the team and what sort of, um, you know, things that he needs to be displaying as a leader. You know, people are always going to look to you as the leader. So, you know, maybe he doesn't realize that people are watching him. People are following his example. And what example is he following in the in the in the organization? You know, these are questions that need to be answered rather than just looking at it from a surface level point of view. Oh, Ponga was in a toilet with a you know another person. Uh, who knows what he was doing at the time? You know, maybe he was just he, maybe he pulled out of his car because he needed to go to the bathroom. He was sick. Who knows? But really, it's just one of those things. So um, I'm gonna I'm gonna finish off of that, but. It, the wider issue here is that there is no, there doesn't seem to be support systems in place for new leaders in teams. And the same goes for new coaches. We're always seeing, you know, a, a new coach thrusted into, you know, this high level leadership position. It, they may have come through the ranks and done all the right things through their apprenticeship to become a coach, blah, blah, blah. But, do they have the, the the support network and the support systems in place to support them whilst they're in that position, not just getting to that position? You know, do they have do they have that support network? Do they have that support system? Is there something in place that we're you know we're providing them personal professional development and opportunities like that to grow? I mean, why why is it every year we see in NRL and and other sports you know? so much scrutiny placed on leaders in in these positions where it's like most of the time they're they're quite junior it's like oh no this guy's failed you know we haven't had four or five we've had four or five losses in a row it's like blah 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 okay but it's a team sport it's not an individual sport sure it comes from the leadership though <clears throat> so i don't know it's just it just seems to be this wider systemic issue that we we see in sport 
and it's year year after year. It's like as a as a spectator, I'm just like, well, what is going on in these sports? I mean, you know, at the at the core of a winning team is a group of people who have strong leadership bonded by a team who can communicate consciously and subconsciously to to outperform their component. It doesn't go beyond that. You know, so like, I mean, I guess when we're talking about the critical alpha sort of approach, we, what we do is we incorporate that cutting edge of aviation, special forces and medicine. And we take that and wrap it into a soft skills program designed to support and build teams and build leaders. So if you're listening to this podcast, you know, you've probably, you've probably got a technical skill or something that you're good at. Okay. So you have a core role in your team, whether you're a small part of a team or a player in a leadership role too. So most of these technical aspects are, you know, heavily managed. You know, most people know how to, how to, you know, count the runs on the board, you know, how many meters a player has done, how many hours, you know, an employee has done, you know, what sort of uni they've done. That All that stuff is measurable, but, why don't we measure soft skills on the field, you know, in the classroom, you know, on, uh, in the business, you know, why don't we measure that kind of stuff? I don't know. So I guess if you can't measure it, you can't manage it is what Peter Drucker said. So why don't we have the same emphasis on soft skills? You know, these are a combination of leadership, teamwork, situational awareness, problem solving, the list can be extensive beyond that, and certainly we can look beyond that. But however, we focus on these four pillars initially to get a well-rounded team and build leadership throughout the team so that we're never 100% relying on one person and we're fully confident in, an, in one another to fulfill our obligations and do what it takes to win. So for me, this is the missing formula in sport. You know, it's not, it's not yet measured, it's not yet analyzed, or applied in a way which has been benchmarked from similar higher pressure roles, such as fighter pilots, military operators, anesthetists in medicine. You know, these kind of skills have been benchmarked in high risk operation. Why, why can't we translate that to sport and give that back to you know players so that we're we're not just measuring technical skills, people doing the runs. It's like, you know, we we come to the press conference at the end of a game, and it's always like talk of talk about possession, player possession, but what, what gives the players that possession, the teamwork, you know, that's a non-technical skill. So why aren't we looking at the lack of teamwork, which led to the player possession, the, the, the higher percentage of possession for the other team? Is this just not blowing anyone's mind? It's like, okay, we're look, we're looking at the, the surface level stuff here, not the actual, the, the d- deeper level systemic stuff. So, all right. I'm going to finish off there. I'm going to give everyone a chance to, you know, process that, you know, I guess there's a bit of information to take on, but what I also want to do is I recognize uh, just from the analytics from the podcast that, you know, we've got some listeners from other countries and things like that. So what I want you to do is if you're listening to this podcast, let me know if you connect with the topic, hit a like, hit the share, subscribe to the podcast and hit us up on social media to provide us with some feedback on what you'd like to hear more about. So that's all from me. Hope you like the podcast. I'm going to keep coming out with some different opinion pieces like this just to, you know, give you a bit of analysis and how we would approach this from a critical alpha point of view. Um, Just a bit of info. We've got the critical alpha methodology app coming out soon. 
hopefully in the next few weeks <clears throat> on iOS and Google Store. And we're also developing a book so that we can provide you a bit more in-depth, uh, you know, sort of insights into how you would apply Critical Alpha to your sport, your business, your life, so that you can outperform and win your competitors. All right, that's it.